And I was depressed at the time, you know. It was a depressing thing to see your community lose everything you have and, and see your whole community underwater. Craig Payton is a survivor of Hurricane Katrina. As a firefighter, he saw a lot of the destruction and devastation firsthand. You know, it was hard to uh, believe that a, a loving God, you know, would allow something like that. So my faith was definitely challenged. God, why did you allow this? I can barely stand right now. Everything is crashing down. And I wonder where you are. Craig doesn't know why God allowed Hurricane Katrina to happen, but he does know that God was at work in the aftermath of the storm. Craig Payton is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. Craig will share stories from Hurricane Katrina that feel awfully relevant right now as Hurricane Harvey relief efforts continue in Texas. And there's news of another potential storm to hit the U.S. in the days ahead. After we talk with Craig, you'll hear from Franklin Graham. God loves New Orleans. And I want you to know this whole Gulf region... God loves you and God has not abandoned you. You'll hear all of Franklin's message later in the podcast, and you can learn more about God's love right now and anytime at this website. Write it down. It's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. I grew up in New Orleans right off of Canal Street, which is the main street that goes into the city of New Orleans. It's a, you know, pretty famous street. Craig was raised by his grandmother. She was a Christian who introduced Craig to the idea of faith in Jesus Christ. I grew up uh, going to church and, you know, having, seeing a godly woman, you know, and a godly person, and she was a wonderful person. So uh, I had Christianity in the background most of my life. Craig moved around a few times following his childhood in New Orleans. He and his family were living in St. Bernard Parish, Louisiana, when Hurricane Katrina hit the Gulf Coast in 2005. Uh, Katrina hit on a Monday. The Saturday before Katrina hit, I can remember uh, watching TV and the local weatherman uh, taking a buoy reading. and uh, The waves were 56 feet. And at that time, I told my wife, I said, look, you know, uh, you have a 56-foot buoy reading. Uh, this could really be bad. Even if it would calm down, you know, you have a wall of water coming at us, and I said, I don't know what to really expect. Even though he didn't know exactly what would happen, Craig thought it would be best to evacuate. So his wife and kids packed up and went to be with family in Alabama. But Craig, since he was a firefighter, had to stay in Louisiana. So I stayed, and uh, eventually... Uh, made my way to Shalmet High, which was a uh, you know place where you know people could come. Uh, we, they did have an evacuation, but you, you had a residual amount of people that stayed, and uh, many of them ended up in the uh, the Shalmet High in the gym and in the building itself. Actually, when the storm passed through St. Bernard Parish on that Monday. There was some flooding and a few broken windows, but it wasn't devastating damage. In fact, Craig and the other firefighters stationed at the high school thought the worst of it was over. Then the next thing you know, we got a, a, a radio transmission from a uh, sheriff's office that we heard saying that there was a wall of water coming. And, 
we went down. We had to get everybody up from the first floor to the second floor. Uh, within a matter of minutes, we had to grab them all, grab as much food as we could from the cafeteria, and get upstairs. By the time we evacuated everybody from the first floor, the water had surrounded the building that was leaking into the uh, the doors slowly, but it was up past the windows. Craig and another fireman were the last ones on the first floor, double-checking that everyone had moved up to safer ground. And before we got up, the doors, all the doors busted at the same time. And it threw books, it threw, you know, chairs and everything else at us. We had to avoid, and we couldn't move. The water rushed in so fast. And it, by the time it had come to its uh, height, it was up to our chest, and, and uh, that water just came quickly when it came. We were doing good, and then all of a sudden, boom, there it was. This current is trying to wreck me Like castles of sand, castles of sand You promised the hope that I cling to After that narrow escape, Craig and his fellow firefighters began search and rescue missions. But there was a problem. There weren't enough fire department boats to get everywhere they needed to go. So... We ended up actually going to get boats that had floated away from houses, hotwire them and start them and uh, have to get gas in some instances that was floating. So picture a group of firefighters hotwiring stray boats and then add this to the mental image. They were using chainsaws to cut into houses where people were stranded. We'd drive up to the roof line. Uh, some of the, some of the uh, houses were, you know, past the roof. I mean, all you seen was the top of the roof. And we'd listen. We'd turn off the engine and listen. We, we could hear people screaming inside a, uh, an attic and cut them out. And We had to uh, cut out an elderly uh, Female and male, uh, they were they were trapped in their attic, and we had to cut them out. I had to jump in the attic and push them out, and they were really elderly, you know. But we were able to, uh, you know, to get them in the boat and bring them to safety, you know, which was in it, it, this was all in fifty or sixty mile an hour winds, which was, you know, we were we were almost getting blown off of the roof at the time, so it was quite an experience, and we had to land the boat in between power lines that were down and, you know, and, uh, you know, water waves slapping up against the roofs. Uh, it was it was quite an experience. Craig had a lot of those types of experiences for the next few weeks as he helped with search and rescue missions. Craig says one of the worst parts was not being able to contact his family to tell them he was okay. We knew it was bad all over, but we, you know, it was days before we actually knew <laughs> how bad it was and, uh, you know, not knowing that was, that was the worst thing, you know. And at that time, there wasn't social media, telephone signals weren't any good at that time. So it was very fortunate every once in a while somebody would get a telephone signal and was able to get out to their loved ones. But it took me many days to, uh, to talk to my family. It was an emotionally physically, and a spiritually hard time. I tell you, it, it challenged my faith. It really did. Uh, 
you know, I, I have to tell the truth. I mean, I was depressed at the time. You know, it was a depressing thing to see your community uh, lose everything you have and, and see your whole community underwater. I mean, that that is a terrible thing, a depressing thing. And, you know, it was hard to uh, believe that a, a loving God, you know, would allow something like that. So my faith was definitely challenged. At the time, Hurricane Katrina was the costliest and one of the deadliest natural disasters in United States history. An estimated 1,800 people died in the hurricane and flooding. And as Craig said, the devastation really challenged his faith in God. But he didn't lose his faith, and there are a few reasons why. For example, take the opportunity Craig had to minister to a fellow firefighter. I would go late at night and... uh Actually, we start talking, you know, about different things, and one of the things was God. And at the time, the gentleman had some drinking problems, and uh, you know, he was pretty much a mess. And we go till one o'clock in the morning sometimes talking about God, you know. And you know, I I, I tell him, look, I mean, there's got to be something, you know, you you know, you got to have faith in something. And you know, I I actually ministered to him, you know, about Jesus. A few years later. Craig ran into that very same firefighter again. He comes in, he knocks on the, the door that, uh, you know, houses the fire department offices, and he says, guess what, you'll never believe this. He says, I'm a Christian now. All those nights, <laughs> he tells me of ministry, uh, you know, I became a Christian, and he goes on, I don't drink anymore, and so forth and so on. It was, I mean, it was miraculous if you knew the guy. So that's just one example of... Uh, you know, how, how even in the midst of all the things that go on in life, you know, you, you never know what God's going to use, you know. And if you do yield, even in the middle of your circumstances, you know, to God, then you know, good things can come out of it. Another good thing was Craig's interaction with the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team, also known as RRT. Some of the chaplains from the Rapid Response Team came to visit responders where Craig was stationed. And they, you know, began to minister very down-to-earth, just asking for needs. And from that, you know, they said, I, you know, I've struck up a conversation, you know, where, what ministry are you from? And they said, Billy Graham... And my grandmother was a devout Christian, and she was uh, always, you know, had Billy Graham on. So I sort of grew up with the Billy Graham ministry. And, uh, you know, when they mentioned Billy Graham, you know, I instantly started talking to them. And from me accepting them, I think what, what ends up happening is a bunch of people get ministered to in the process. So it, it was it was. Interesting how God used that time to minister to other people, too. By the way, there are Billy Graham chaplains in Houston and surrounding areas of Texas right now doing the exact same thing that Craig was just talking about, listening to and praying with people who have lost everything. The chaplains also share about the hope that's found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can be a part of the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team Ministry. 
through your prayers or a donation to the Texas Relief Efforts. If you want to learn more, and if you would like to make a gift, check out the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team website. It's billygram.org slash RRT. That's billygram.org slash RRT. We asked Craig if he had any words of encouragement for people in Texas in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. There's pain in life and there's suffering in life and things happen that are, that are terrible. And, you know, we don't, all, we don't understand them most of the time, actually. But I think there's a bigger picture, and we so a lot of times we just have to trust that God's in it and that, that good's going to come out of it. And I can bear witness that a lot of good has come, you know, even in the midst of uh, bad things. So even though a lot of bad happened, God was still there in the midst of it. God loves you, and he is waiting to comfort you in the middle of your storm of pain and suffering. If you'd like to learn more about that, check out findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. And again, you can help with relief efforts in Texas by going to the Rapid Response Team's website. That address is billygram.org slash rrt. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. God loves New Orleans. He loves Louisiana. God loves Texas. And I want you to know this whole Gulf region, God loves you and God has not abandoned you. Franklin Graham, speaking in New Orleans in 2006, following Hurricane Katrina. The Bible tells us that God loves us so much that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, out of heaven, down to this earth for each and every one of us. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And my friends, I want you to know tonight You can have your sins forgiven. Tonight you can be cleansed of all of your unrighteousness. Tonight you can have a new life. Tonight you can have a new beginning. Tonight you can leave this arena and go home knowing that you're forgiven, that you're cleansed, and that you're on your way to heaven. Tonight you can have the hope of heaven. There's a great reminder from Franklin Graham that God loves you and wants to forgive your sins through Jesus Christ. Interesting to note here, our guest on this episode of GPS almost got the chance to meet Franklin and Billy Graham when they came to New Orleans to visit first responders following Katrina. But the way Greg Payton tells the story, maybe it's a good thing they didn't meet. That morning, a tornado actually hit in the area and, uh, sort of canceled everything, uh, all the meeting and all in the lunch. But uh, I often say, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was a little cuckoo at the time, you know, and I was, I was actually thinking about, like, throwing myself on Billy Graham, you know, if I met him, you know, how, how they got the, uh, he, 
throw themselves on the bones of the prophets, you know, and life returns, you know, to them, you know. Uh, the weather got in the way. The tornado hit, so I guess God knew better. <laughs> he kept me away from them. Craig has a great sense of humor, and especially uh, from a man who has seen much. And his honesty was a joy to hear. And we hope that you enjoy the experience of learning from him as well on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. Thanks to the afters for the use of their music on this episode. GPS, God, People, Stories, is an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Survive.